Rebels, it's that time. Can you feel it? Are you ready to be a great parent? Do you want to feel like you're back on your honeymoon? Well, we believe in you and God believes in you. Rebels, it's time to join the rebellion. It's time for Rebel Parenting. What's up, Rebels? So glad you could join us today here on Rebel Parenting. This portion of the broadcast is brought to you by MyPillow. MyPillow.com. Use the code word REBEL for a big fat discount on a four-pack of pillows. I love them, the Atomic Mom loves them, my kids love them, and you'll love them too. Go to MyPillow.com, use the code word REBEL. Singer-songwriter Nicole Nordman joins us today on Rebel Parenting. She has sold over one million albums, including the latest titled and taught by the song she wrote for her son's fifth grade graduation called Slow Down. It is amazing. You should see the reviews online. It is a tearjerker for sure. It's an album. It's a book slash journal, and you're going to love her and it. Here now is Nicole Nordman on today's edition of Rebel Parenting. Nicole, thank you so much for coming on today. Listen, we talk about people taking time out of their busy schedule. You're a single mom. You have the busiest of all busy schedules. Mm -hmm. So we appreciate you talking about your book, Slow Down, so much. Mm -hmm. I'm honored to be with you guys. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We love it. Well, we interviewed Shauna Nequist way early on uh, at Rebel Parenting, and we love that she did the Ford. But this quote from the Ford, it just speaks to the book so well and the CD. It says, she makes us feel less alone and less crazy for feeling those things. Mm. She captured the feeling that nothing like it in all the world. This is just exactly what it feels like to be a mom thing. And we needed every note of it. It's true. Mm. You've captured just, it is, it's crazy and it's chaotic and yeah. You know, we've said at Rebel Parenting, the loudest voice in a mom's head is the one that says she's not doing a good enough job. And we that are here to rebuke sure. that. It is not true. And so I just love this book. I love Slow Down. Where did it come from? Mm-hmm. Where did this get birthed from? Well, thanks first for saying that. I um, I love that. I love what you just said, that that's the loudest voice, that moms are, are not enough and not doing it well. And um, I think part of part of our job as parents is to silence those voices. And so I think just just what you guys are doing is is really contributing to making the mom's voice heard um, and what God's doing in her heart and her life and not, and just kind of drowning out all the other chatter. And there's so much of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the book, so the book started with the song and the origin of the song, I'll just tell you quickly, is um, I was... Uh, I was, I agreed to sing a song for my son's fifth grade graduation. We, we live in Tulsa. He goes to a small Christian school. And so they asked if I would just sing a song at the graduation ceremony. And so I was up the night before trying to figure out, out like, what in the world do you sing to a bunch of, you know, soon to be middle schoolers without just sounding super lame and embarrassing your child. Um, You're a good and I was just practicing, you know, I was just practicing through some older, more familiar songs. And I just made the grave mistake of pulling out old photo albums. Like it just, it just hit me like a wall. Oh my gosh, what happened? We were just in diapers and now I'm launching a sixth grader. What in the world? So that moment turned into this little slowdown song, which gave birth to this um, very low budget video, which really is just footage of our friends and their kids. Mm. um, Beautiful. That went viral. It's just, well, it surprised us so much. You know, I just didn't think it would be anything more than kind of something small for my kids. 
Um, but it really resonated quickly and found a really wide audience. And I think when that happened, it just sort of was like, oh, wow, this is, this is a much more universal feeling than mm-hmm. I, um, of parents than I imagined. And so I just yeah. kind of took me back to my own drawing board, um, and wanted to explore some of my own experiences, the, the beautiful and, and the broken ones of, of being a mom. So that's sort of where the essays began to take shape for this little Awesome. You know, I read that story and you talked about being at your keyboard and where your son had yeah. taken a marker and drawn mm-hmm. on the white keys. And I was thinking about that because I bought my son, we bought a piano. Um, it's a keyboard and I researched it for a million years and it was a little <laughs> out of our budget and all those types of things. And I came home one day and there's stickers all over it. And I just oh my gosh. I thought I would die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and here's what I know right now. I was so mad. I was just like, I can't, you know, and I'm like using goof off to get the little gummy things and you know, all that stuff. And in a very, very short time, if I see stickers on the piano, I'm going to cry because I wish Mm -hmm. they'd do it again. I'm never going to get it again. I'm never going to get the, I'm sorry. I drew all over your computer or the wall or anything else. And Oh, I know. It's so hard. It's so hard. We, you know, sometimes I think um, we trade. How old are your kids right now? Eleven and five. Okay. What about you? Um, nine and fourteen. Mm. So I think we just trade those um, the physical exhaustion of them being babies. You know, like those mm-hmm. early, early months and years where you just feel like you're never going to shower or sleep again. Yeah. Um, we trade that a little bit for just the emotional exhaustion. You know, like it's it's mm. different having two kids that are they're a little more independent, they're older. Um, and I remember a friend telling me that there will be a time when your teenager is walking out the door with car keys that you will wish for, you know, the sticker on your keyboard moment. You will mm-hmm. wish for the long endless nights of colic or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. cause it's a trade off. It is. And I, you're right. I, I miss, those moments and you could not have convinced me that I ever would have said that when I was in the middle of them. Oh, for sure. Totally. So Nicole, what would you say to the mom who's out there who's just tired of the daily mundane? Maybe they do uh, have a one-year-old and a three-year-old. How do you encourage those moms out there? You know, I just think um, my big advice for moms, especially new moms right now, is just to lower the bar. <laughs> you know, great. I just, yeah. it's so, it's so, it's so antithetical yeah. to um, all the other message we messages we get about mm. how to improve your things and how to like have family meal planning and simplify and do more do more feel more guilty add more to your plate put more on top go to another activity and feel a little more shame yeah and And honestly like Mm. i feel like the church is not any better at that message and i remember growing up the most celebrated woman in our church was the most exhausted like she was the one who gave every last bit of herself away. She was the first one at every event, the last one to leave. Everybody spoke about her in these terms like she just, you know what? She's so selfless. She just she's the last person on her list. She just gives and gives and gives and gives. And that's like that was like the model. That was the, that was the woman yep. we were all supposed to be is exactly. that woman. And I don't think it's biblical and I don't think it's healthy. And I'm mm-hmm. just really feeling like I wish somebody would have told me a long time ago that no is an important word and it's a healthy mm-hmm. boundary and for every yes that you give away to someone else it's it's a bit of a no for your family yeah. um yeah. you know just those, those kind of things like i think that that's what i would say to that that new mm-hmm. mom or that yeah. young mom is like turn off pinterest turn off instagram mm-hmm. 
shut the blogs down for half a second, like listen to your in- intuition and your heart and what, what is God telling you about shaping these little lives that he's entrusted you with for just half a second? Like mm-hmm. what is, what is your thing going to be? Cause it's not anybody else's thing. Definitely. Mm-hmm. We were talking about this last week. Our producer, Kristen, we call her producer Kay had taken a day off just to go be with God. And I said, you know, it's such a great example because you're going to be a better mom mm-hmm. and you're going to yeah. be a better spouse by ignoring your family for an entire day. And that's important. But that's our culture right. says, no, 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 you can't do that. You got to do everything and more. And it's tough. Yeah. And it's especially, I mean, I, I love that you're on and I love that I, I, I hate that you're a single mom, but I love that you are because you're here to talk about it because it does. Yeah. It takes so much courage to raise a child today and to try to do it in the way you see best. Yeah, absolutely true. And I, I'm just such, um, I'm such an advocate for moms of all shapes and sizes and circumstances. Like, you know, I, mm-hmm. I think there was a season then where we, a, a while ago, culturally where we really celebrated the stay at home mom as if that was like somehow more, um, virtuous or honorable or yeah. something. Yeah. But I just feel like whatever position, whatever situation God has put you in, like you absolutely are equipped to be um, the mom that you were intended to be, whether that's in the workforce or at home, or if you're single or married or a stepmom or an adoptive mom, like God has given us all the tools uniquely um, to shepherd and parent our children well. So I would not have chosen to be a single mom. I think a lot of single moms wouldn't have either. Totally. For sure. But it's where I am. It's, it's, it's what, it's the path that I'm on and it's what God has placed in my lap. And so I'm just, you know, I just want to honor that, honor that circumstance in the best way that I can. Mm. Mm, That's so honoring. So Nicole, what would you say to the other single moms out there? Yeah. One of my favorite parts. Yeah. One of my favorite, um, parts of that little forward that Shauna wrote that you just read, um, was that her big advice to new moms at baby showers is always to write in, in the card, um, don't do it alone. Mm. So I think that, um, my personality is always, I've always been a little bit of a loner. I'm an off the charts introvert. So it's really easy for me to kind of isolate Yeah, just in regular life. Mm-hmm. So being a single mom, um, that's even, that was an even greater challenge for me. Cause I just went inward. I just kind of went underground, like, I've got this. I'm fine. I don't want, I'm not, I'm not a charity case. Don't pity me. Like I'm fine. Um, and I missed out on several years as as I was just working through that, like several years of just, um, important, what could have been really helpful Mm -hmm. friendships and relationships, people that tried to reach out Mm -hmm. and say, Hey, Hey, yeah, husbands Mm -hmm. and wives and families who were like, can we help? Like, we just love you. Can we help? And I was, so, um, felt my own shame so much that I was like, Nope, fine. Got it. I got it. Yeah. You know, what a missed opportunity. So I would say that to single moms, like swallow that little lump of pride (laughs) and don't do it alone. There's strength in help. There's strength and vulnerability and let people be the arms and feet of Jesus to you. Period. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Well, for dads too. Absolutely. You know, we feel ashamed when we can't do it all, when we don't feel like we're measuring up, when we're not the thing people think we're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And then you go, you know what? I don't have it together. I'm really broken. I'm tired. I'm Mm -hmm. sick. I'm sad. I mean, whatever it is, you know, and then to have someone around you that says, I love you because of that. And Mm -hmm. I love you in spite of it. And I'll love you through it. That's a great feeling. Mm -hmm. That is a great feeling. That's it. Mm -hmm. Um, That's exactly right. 
Nicole, in chapter two, you were talking about being in the rain with your son and he was screaming, I surrender and, and just this great moment. Can you tell that story? Because it's, it's a neat moment of, of motherhood and, and kind of that bonding and some new perspectives and thoughts. Yeah. So, um, we were pretty new to Oklahoma at the time we just moved. Um, I was still married at the time, but just our marriage was on life support and really our move Mm. back to Tulsa was sort of the Hail Mary, like, well, maybe this, maybe he was, he's from there. So it was kind of like maybe going back home and being around family will help us Mm kind of just start over with a clean slate. Anyway. Um, so I was newly single. I had a two-year-old and a seven-year-old and I was just so broken. I was so depressed. Like, you know, I had, I had never in my life experienced, um, actual physical depression. Like I, mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't discount it in other people's experiences, but I was, I didn't really understand it. Um, and until you've been there, man, and you cannot literally get out of bed and tie yeah. your shoes and brush your teeth without just feeling like you're carrying uh, 500 pounds around. Um, I was just Mm -hmm. in such bad shape. And one of the only things I could do to just feel human again was to go outside. I just Mm -hmm. didn't want to be around people. I didn't want to go to church. I didn't want to be with my friends. I just, I didn't have any friends. Actually, I was brand, brand new to Tulsa. Mm -hmm. So, um, like a perfect storm. I just went on a a perfect storm. Mm -hmm. So I, I went on a long walk one afternoon. I strapped Pepper into the baby jogger and, um, we just headed out to a park and I, I realized pretty quickly that a a huge storm was coming and I didn't know yet in Oklahoma, like that can just, the weather can just change instantly with no warning. Mm. So the clouds are getting darker and more ominous and I'm feeling that weird, still warm air thing right before a storm. And so I started talking in that like hyper, like chipper mommy voice, like when Uh you're trying to not communicate panic to your children. I know that, I know that voice well. You know that voice, right? So I was like, Okay, everybody, let's go home really fast. Uh huh. And um, of course, we didn't even come close to making it home before the skies just mm. opened, and it was just the most punishing storm. It was crazy wind, crazy lightning, crazy thunder, and and I just lost it. Like I just stood there. Both of my children were looking at me for safety and protection and direction, and I had nothing. Like I didn't even have. I had goldfish crackers, is what I had. Mm-hmm. And I just started to sob. Like it was absolutely such a metaphor for what was happening inside me as well. Like I just felt unprepared and panic stricken and, and Charlie bless his heart freaked out. He just, he panicked and just started running. He didn't even know where home was. He was, Mm -hmm. I think just trying to outrun the the situation, outrun the storm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm bawling and sprinting after him and he's running much faster than I can keep up with. And I, it was just one of those, like, mm. I can't do this, God. I literally cannot do, I can't do my life. I can't. Mm-hmm. And without any warning, he just freezes in his little steps and turns around and looks at me with the biggest smile you've ever seen and puts two little fists in the air and looks up at the sky and says, we surrender, we surrender. Yes. And he's dancing and keeps yelling that over and over again. And I'm just bawling because I know for a fact in that moment, that was God's way of telling me, it's okay. You're going to get home. You're going to be safe. Your children are going to be okay. This is not going to break their lives or their hearts. Mm. I've got you live, lives surrendered. Storms are coming. There's no avoiding them. Just live Mm. with fists in the air. Like, okay, bring it. 
So that was a I moment that Charlie. I returned to. I know. Mm. And that's so not him. He's the most cautious, careful kid, which made it even more special. Godly. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Yes. Firstborn. Oh, it's so amazing. Oh, Nicole. Nicole, what do we do, though, in those moments? Because we all, I mean, all, everybody in the room is in tears right now. Mm-hmm. How do we do that? I mean, you know, talk to the single parent and then just to all parents. What do we do in the moment where you just say, I can't do this anymore, yeah. especially to the single mom and the single dad, mm-hmm. when you just go, yeah. mm-hmm. it, the burden is too great. The storm is too, too big. The it's storm too is too big. Yeah. I really feel like, and this is, you know, goes back to what I was saying earlier about not doing it alone. I really feel like God gives us each other for a reason. Mm -hmm. And you just can't wait to dig deep enough in yourself to come up with your own resources or your own strength, you know, and sometimes when we're crying out and saying, God, fix this, help me, help me. He's like pointing to people in your life and saying, I'm trying. (laughs) Look at these people trying to help you. you. That is me. That is me. Mm -hmm. Those are my arms. Those are my hands. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think really just asking for help is one of the biggest ways to get through any crisis or any storm is just saying, I can't do it by myself. Mm -hmm. And those are are hard words to say sometimes. It is, but you've got it in the book. You say, you say, try to be the herd you want to be in the world. Try to mm-hmm. be the group. Try to, you know, and you want to be the friend that you're looking for in a way too. And and when you can say, I can't do it, when you can say, I need help, mm. it gives the people around you the freedom to also come back to you and go, I can't do it either. I need help too. That's right. Mm-hmm. And I think women are particularly um, gifted in that way. Right. Like, I really feel like... Um, that little quote from the book came out of a story where my, I had a friend who was going through something really painful and dark. And I sent her a picture of, of these elephants. Um, and I had learned all about elephants because my daughter's obsessed, but they're very tribal. And when one of mm. their own, one of what the female mama elephants is, is in trouble or vulnerable or giving birth or needs protection, mm-hmm. they just like get information. They surround her, they encircle her yep. and with mm-hmm. kind of like their backs to her and their trunks facing outward. So you cannot even, Can't even see her, to her. Mm-hmm. in protection. Mm-hmm. And they're sending this message to anyone who would try to get to her. No, ma'am, you're going to have to get through 40 tons of female aggression first. Amen. Um, and I love that. Like that's, that is what we need Come to on, be. Women, to each other. That's us. That's us. Sometimes we're the woman in the middle, right? And sometimes we take our turn in the circle. For sure. uh, Protecting her. And that is what friendship really should look like. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's true. And you need to surround yourself with women that are going to build you up. You know, not the ones that are going to be catty and petty Mm -hmm. and nitpicky and backbiting and backstabbing. You want to surround yourself with strong, real women that love you, that support you, that, you know, can see you when you look your worst. Asking you questions. Hey, have you read the Bible? Hey, Mm -hmm. how you doing on that addiction? Hey, asking those hard questions Uh and being in community. For some reason, I see that there's this unwillingness to engage other people's suffering. And so I love, Nicole, your stance just to engage with Mm -hmm. people. There's so much fruit and so much life and then you're not alone. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And sometimes people are honestly just looking for an invitation to talk. Sure. You know, I've just mm-hmm. found that so often you can get so far when you just say, are you okay? Mm-hmm. Like those three words. Mm-hmm. I mean, the tsunami of conversation that can just pour out mm-hmm. of just saying that to somebody, are you all right? Cause oh, yeah. probably not, you know? Yeah. You know what? I'm going to bring up a horribly random example of this and i'm sorry there is there used to be a coffee place near laura and i called bikini espresso 
<laughs> yeah, and it was sad. It was a it's a terrible sad place, and the girls dress inappropriately and serve coffee. And okay. I used to work with my dad and a woman from the office didn't understand what that coffee place was, wanted coffee and drove up. And all of a sudden a girl in lingerie is standing there before her. Oh, and, man. you know, this woman's in her mid fifties and she goes, oh my. And, and she said she was so stunned. She didn't know what to do. And the yeah. girl came back to give her coffee and she goes, are you okay? Ugh. And the girl said, what? And she goes, are you all right? And she said, why? And she goes, because you are worth so much more than this. Is there something I can do for you? That girl burst into tears. Oh, my gosh. And it closed down shortly thereafter because the person I used to work with just kept going and meeting with her and saying, you're more valuable than your your body and you're more valuable than showing off all your skin and you're a better mom than single mom. Just trying to make ends meet, doing the best she can, feeling the shame and the guilt. She needed that tribe that said, hey, you're better than this. You can do more. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. My goodness. Wow. I, and it just takes the boldness to be a mom to say, hey, you're loved. Yeah. You don't know. That's it. right. Obviously, you've forgotten or you didn't know or no one told you, but you're loved. Someone out there and loves you. And it's so easy to forget. Like, I had the, the benefit and you of growing up in a home where we were told that a lot like we were reminded that we were loved we were reminded of our value it's easy to forget like a lot of people don't know no one has a lot of people have never heard those words that you are more than your body you are more than your failures you're more than your brokenness and your aloneness like you are loved deeply like that's new information for people Mm. it it totally is Mm. hey uh nicole we've talked about um you know social media just destroying mm-hmm. people's self-image and and reality situation you know all we do is post the best of the best of the best in our lives yeah and trying to slow it down is virtually impossible because everyone is on all all the time, the time. how yep. do you encourage people to unplug from something that feeds it feeds so many desires it's such a i mean it's like an addiction in a way mm-hmm. you know we just we yeah. want to know and and how do we slow that part down yeah. and what is it doing to our lives and our marriages and our kids and our families? Yeah. It's so tricky because, um, I'm the first person to agree with everything you just said, especially when it comes to like the image driven stuff like mm-hmm. Instagram yep. or like Pinterest where you're literally sizing up your, um, life by how somebody else's looks or whatever filter they slapped on it to make it look prettier. And I am just as guilty. I promise I've done it. I do it. Me too. Um, I do think there's great, there's the internet is also like this treasure trove of stuff too. Like I have, I've been exposed to incredible writing and great theology and beautiful Mm -hmm. books I would never know about and speakers I'd never would have heard of. And uh, I've been encouraged deeply in my faith by other parts of just being online. So I'm not like a throw all the baby out with the bathwater person. Person. I don't want to, you know, take my kids and move to the wilderness and make my own chapstick or anything like that. Like I, feel like I won't follow you there. Good. <laughs> there's good to be had on the internet. But I think a lot of it just comes down to self-restraint and self-control. And, you know, our kids um, desperately need those kind of boundaries too. And just being able to not just monitor or, or, um, filter our children's access to the internet, but also like just having honest conversations like, okay, this is, this is happening in the world or in in the culture. Like I have a 14 year old. He's, 
he's he knows what's happening yes in in the world of pop in the world of all of it uh mm-hmm. politics like he knows yeah so he's either going to hear it from somebody else or online or we're going to have a conversation about it where i can at least give him you know my opinions and my instruction and see, see it through my lens and yep. um so i think you just you don't get to say social media is the devil and and anti anti anti. Like yeah. you have to be engaged and help them you have to navigate have the it. It's not going yeah. anywhere. Oh. You talk about this is perfect in um, your friend Gina about having yeah. the amazing idea. Can you talk about that the pizza night? Just I mean, it's a perfect team yep. for getting your kids to oh, talk yeah. to you. Totally. Parents, listen up so, to this one. This is this will this help. Is, this is going to start in the we have two nights a week. We do uh, Taco Tuesday where we do game night. And mm-hmm. Pizza Friday with movies, movies. but we're going to add a new mm-hmm. one now because this one, I you. love it. Mm-hmm. So my friend Gina um, used to be my next door neighbor, and she, uh, at the time, had three teenage sons. And so she was a, she was down the road from me, like, in terms of parenting. I still had littler ones, but she was further along mm-hmm. in the teenage journey. So I always was watching her like, oh my gosh, you know, she was sort of like a preview of what was coming yeah, in my life. <laughs> and she had their amazing Christian family, just really, um, just authentic, just salt of the earth people. Mm. And, and they had three teenage boys who uh, went to public school. And she told me that they have one night a week. I think it was their Friday night. And I think it was actually pizza night as well. But basically the idea was the boys got to say anything or ask any question. Like it was basically everything's on the table night. Mm. Um, and they could, you know, and some of the stuff like would shock her <laughs> and shocked me when she told me the stuff that these kids are coming home mm. from the seventh grade and saying, you know, like they're learning. Somebody had talked about oral sex in the seventh grade and they wanted, they just didn't understand what, what is that? What is that? So, you know, her, she and her husband would just brace themselves every Friday night because here come the questions. But it was always like, no judgment zone. Mm-hmm. No one's going to make you feel stupid for asking. Mm-hmm. If you have a confession, like if you had a something maybe a share. thought, yeah, yeah. a thought, or a did something, or experienced something that you're not super proud of, but you need you need to talk to us about it. This is this is that time too. And mom and dad like, are staying neutral, right? This is like your yeah. opportunity for generous yeah. listening, mom and dad. Yes, generous listening and and kind and tender instruction. Um, and she said, you know, she said, I hope we do it forever. I hope we always have open table night where the kids can just, you know, and of course she and her husband later, like just almost collapsed from (laughs) (laughs) what they were hearing. Oh my goodness. But we're so grateful because, you know, kids need a place that's, that feels like a safe judgment free zone, even in their own family. Yeah. We need to do that. Yeah. Yeah. The kids are, the kids are crying out for that. Yeah, it's true. You know, I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus, but when Laura and I go to the park or the skate park or BMX you know, park, play zones or wherever, and we're as a couple, as, yes, as we're interacting with our kids, other kids come and want to interact with parents. Yes, they just want to be yes. with us. And it, yeah, we were at the <laughs> skate park a while ago, and. It, it was the middle of the day and here I am as the dad like why aren't you in school what do you you know hooligans I'm ready to you know, you know I'm, I'm covered in tattoos I look we like look the like hooligans. biggest we're the exact thing yeah. he's judging I'm so but we homeschool people I'm the yeah. judgiest judgmental you know <laughs> so we go over to this big giant bowl and I've got Lucy on the bottom of it so she mm-hmm. doesn't get you know hit by skateboards and I'm you know doing this then all the kids come over to us uh, our area and I'm like yeah. whoa what are you doing get away from my kids you know 
They just want right. parents. They were desperate, That's right. desperate for parents. They want to show us their injuries. They want to show us their they tricks. They talk about their boards. They I wanna, mean, do they just want relationship? They're looking for oh. anything. And, and we can do that with our own. Yep. We can. We get to. We get, get to, to do right. that. We get yeah, and I think, I think the lie is, um, oh, here come the teenage years. Brace yourself. Uh, it's going to be awful. Get ready for the door slamming and the disrespect. And like, we're kind of taught, like, enjoy the wonderful childhood stuff now now because here we go into hormonal hell. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I just don't think we have to, it doesn't have to be that way. I mean, me neither. I know there will be challenges, but if you speak life into your kids at every age and you create open communication and that they want to, to be in relationship with you. It's yep. not going to be perfect, but you don't have to surrender to the teenage doom, I don't think. Amen, Nicole. You know what, Nicole? Listen, I want to say this to all the parents out there. It was a few years ago. I went to Louisiana to the Angola State Penitentiary, and that is a serious prison. I, there's mm-hmm. no other way to put it. It is a serious prison. Over 90% of the men that are incarcerated there will never be free again. It's virtually all life sentence prison. It's a, it's a terrifying place, but they've got a program wow. called Returning Hearts. Once a mm. year, if you go through this entire program and it's perfect behavior, scripture memorization, I mean, there are so many That's hoops and wrong. rules to jump through to go through. They will bus, sh- I mean, drive or fly their children in for a day and they've got this massive carnival they set up for all the kids and for the dads to be with their children and I went to witness this and I thought what's it going to be like I mean these are murderers and rapists and drug dealers and extortionists and strong arm robbers and people that beat people up you name it it's bad news Mm. and the way they do this they walk these kids out onto a stadium floor and then they call out the dad's name and then the dad is up in the bleachers with all the other prisoners and then he walks down to meet his kids and I watched those kids sprint across a field to a murderer, to a rapist, to a guy that beat up their mom, to a guy that's never going to see the light of day that's, that's going to be in prison the rest of his life. They are desperate for a dad. They're desperate for it. Parenting is the greatest gift. They, they're desperate for you to talk to them and to let them ask questions and to have no holds barred and to be loved by you. Mm. Oh, that is so beautiful. My goodness. And you're so right. You know, and kids, I just think there's such a reason that Jesus always pointed to children as, as the example. Um, so often he said, this is, this is how we do it through the eyes of a child, through the faith of a child. And part of that too, is that kids are so forgiving. Like what you were just saying, they're so, they're not just resilient. Like they're forgiving. It's okay. If, if you, if you mess up, if you're not the perfect mom, if you're not the perfect dad, if you, if you're yelling or stressed out or Mm -hmm. all the things we beat ourselves up about, like your story just illustrated that sprinting across the stage to, to To be with their, yeah, with a hardened criminal. Yeah. Like they, their hearts are so soft and so Christ-like in no way. And just, Mm. they just want to be loved. Mm. Thank you, Nicole, for all you're doing. And just the, the encouragement to tell us to slow down. Yeah. No, for sure. That's what we talk about it. Laura and I talk about it regularly. Before the broadcast, we say, let's slow down. Let's not talk too fast. Let's (laughs) take take a deep breath. breath. Nicole, you talk about something in the book about um, children reflecting on how amazing we're doing at parenting and loving our kids. And I'm not going to give the situation, but I know of one. You, You talk about your son wearing a princess costume on his way to hockey. And can you tell that story? Because 
it was recently a situation very similar arose in my life and I just thought, who cares? My goodness, who cares? But please. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so this was a long time ago. Charlie was in preschool and um, I came to pick him up one day and the kids had just finished like whatever their sort of dress up playtime was. And so all the other kids were like taking off their stethoscopes and their hard hats and whatever they had been dressing up as and putting all the costumes away. And Charlie was um, just sitting in the middle of the floor, like in this beautiful pink taffeta princess dress and he was bawling. And so I, I was of course alarmed. So I walked over to him and I said, what's going on buddy? And, and he couldn't really talk. He was crying and crying. And I said, honey, we, you know, I need you to take that off because it's time to go. And finally the teacher came over and tried to explain that he didn't want to take it off. He you know, and he's literally like in a very loud voice saying, I just want to be a princess. I just want to be a princess, yeah. you know, sitting in the middle of the preschool floor. And I just feel like the hot, like uh, self awareness. Oh yeah. This insecure thing, like creeping up my neck as all the other moms are sort of trying not to look. Um, and your son yelling, I just want to be a princess. And I just want to be a princess. Face is feeling hot and you're thinking, what do I do? And right, what are they yeah. expecting of me? Right. And yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Right. I've never so, felt that way. So I never. start to, no, none of us. So I start to do that thing where you like are talking to, you're talking like at your kid, but not really to him. Yeah. So I start to say like in a really loud voice, well, buddy, um, you know, we're going to be late to hockey and like anything like masculine that I could insert into the moment Mm -hmm. just to alleviate my own embarrassment. And finally the teacher walks over and she kind of bends down and she's like, Charlie, if it's okay with your mom, you can wear the dress home and then just bring it back tomorrow. You know, she's obviously a little more seasoned in this age group. Mm -hmm. And so I was, I finally got it. Like I looked at her like, okay, I'm an idiot. Mm -hmm. He's wearing a princess dress who even cares. And so I scooped him up, took him home in the dress. He wore it the whole night, took him to Chili's, had dinner that way, thought it was fun to dance, act like a princess. And the next day he took it back to school and that was it. Yeah, <laughs> it was just know. it. Mm-hmm. The end of princess. Wait, yeah. your son didn't uh, turn out gay? Come on now. <laughs> I'm going to get in so much trouble for saying that. But here's the thing. that's I'm, I'm just going to go and say, I don't care. I don't care what I say. Because there's so many dads out there that grew up in the era that I did that are around my age that would have absolutely lost their minds. It would have been, uh, uh, uh-uh-uh. Boys don't wear dresses and shame and guilt and all of that. This is is what we believe. Parenting is a long journey that never ends. It doesn't ever end. It never ends. And we don't need to place a gender confusion on a one time. I mean, what, come on. I love that you gave him grace. I love more that you put it in the book. Mm -hmm. I mean, no one else is doing this, Nicole. Everybody's Mm -hmm. afraid. I know, I know it, but you know what too? Like the bigger point for me also was that like, it's not about me. It's not about my parenting. I was so embarrassed because my child was having a princess meltdown and that that's true for every it's true for it's true when your kids lose it in the middle of target and they're laying on the ground thrashing and <laughs> yeah. you like you feel like everyone's looking at you like what's wrong with you exactly. like where are your where are your healthy parenting boundaries exactly. and where's the discipline and yeah it's not about you sometimes our kids are just kids you mm-hmm. know and it doesn't necessarily need to be a giant billboard or reflection on how well you are or are not parenting mm. oh i love, I love it that. okay I've got some more mm-hmm. fun questions and then we'll wrap it up. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. Your latest album, Every Mile Mattered. What's your favorite song? 
What a good question. Okay, so it's a song called Dear Me, which is a letter to my younger self. Um, having having done this Christian music thing now for 20 years, I feel like there are just some things I wanted to say to that girl back there many miles oh, you know, in the distance. Um, things I've learned that I wish she knew, roads I traveled that I wish she didn't have to, but I know she, I know she will anyway. Yeah. Um, just different ways that I, I see the world, or the different ways I interact with Jesus and my faith and it's just a it's a very personal letter mm. thank you you wake up you need to get pepped up you're feeling lethargic and tired and people are pulling on you and you got to put a song on that's going to just <laughs> all right heartbeats going I'm ready for the day <laughs> here's the very honest answer to that question um, my whole life is music. I listen to music constantly. If I'm not performing it, mm. I'm writing it or recording it or listening to other people's music. Mm. So that is not what energizes me. Like a good cup of coffee and a quiet, and some quiet NPR on the way to school is my jam. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I, just, you, I don't know. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a unicorn, but music does not energize me in the morning because I just, I'm, I'm a slow waking up person. Mm. No problem. Well, and it's your job. Yeah. It doesn't have to be your, yeah. your thing. It's your job for sure. That's right. Other than any, that's right. Other than your own, what is uh-huh. one book mm-hmm. or CD that you recommend most to people? Oh, that's a great question. Um, well, Shauna Nyquist's mm-hmm. book, oh. Present, Present Over Perfect. Amen. Such a good book. Second broadcast Such we did in our program. Mm. That is so good. Um, gosh, CDs. I just, again, I've just been in music creating mode, so I have not been listening to a lot of other people's music right now. I feel like um, Sarah Groves has a new record out, and I cannot for the life of me remember what it's called, but it is so good. Well, I'll check uh, it out. And that I has like been, her. That's been in heavy rotation. She's she's a dear friend and an incredible singer-songwriter, and she always just seems to sort of reorient my heart mm. in the right ways. Yeah. Mm. Love it. Last Thank but not you. least, mm. I've traveled a ton uh, off and on in different seasons. How do you stay connected to your family while you're on tour? Do your boys go with you? Uh, do you bring tutors? How do you stay connected to friends, family back home when you're gone for months at a time? Well, I'm not gone for months at a time. You know, I used to do that before I had kids, mm. and I just said yes to every, mm-hmm. every opportunity that I could. So I was in yes, yes land, but, um, now I'm incredibly intentional about when I travel. Um, I have shared custody with their dad. And so I try to make sure that my travel aligns with the times that I wouldn't necessarily have them anyway. Um, once in a while they get to come with me, um, you know, if it's a weekend or a longer trip, um, they'll, they'll get to come with me for work reasons. But for the most part, I just, uh, my yeses are very deliberate mm. and they weren't always that way yeah. but that's that's a new part of my parenting rules or make sure your yeses are really strong yeses awesome nicole it has been a joy and a pleasure thank you so much oh it's been a delight thank you guys for the just thoughtful and just um really thought-provoking conversation i've enjoyed every second thank thanks, you nicole. anytime you want to come on let us know whatever you've got we want to talk about it for sure that's awesome thank you all thank you have a good one appreciate what you're doing Our thanks to Nicole for coming on the broadcast today. What a special lady. My goodness, what a rebel parent. We love her. Definitely go check out the album, Slow Down, and the book, Slow Down, if you're looking for a little more peace in your life. Also, a special thanks to MyPillow. MyPillow.com. Use the code word REBEL for a big discount on a four-pack of pillows. Rebels, we'll see you next time. 
Rebel Parenting is produced by Rebel Media House. And when you need a little help with your marriage or parenting, and everyone does, you can find it at rebelparenting.org. Sign up for the Rebel Update by texting the word REBEL to 444-999. That's R-E-B-E-L, and the number is 444-999. We love it when you share Rebel Parenting with your friends and family, so thank you. God bless. Thanks for spending your time with us, and we'll see you next time for another episode of Rebel Parenting.